Hello, this is Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations, Episode 7. On this week's episode, we discuss Napier's Bones' reverse Polish notation that creepy guy from Predator and I in no way say desk rabbit, orify, mbop, or hooker spit. Here it goes. Hello and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, the math podcast that comes to you from the incredibly stuffed mailroom in CDC Building 7 at UNLV. This is a very special episode. We have uh, some people who I've never actually met before as uh, guests. But I'm going to introduce first the one person that you may know, and that is the Lou Ferrigno of Combinations and Permutations, Christopher Bates. Hey. And uh, next up, we have Allison Tast, uh, who has uh, actually declared that she doesn't want a superpower. It's overrated. <laughs> and next up, uh, Shelly Kinnanen, uh, the person whose name I surprisingly didn't completely butcher. I'm very impressed. It doesn't happen often. Uh, next up, we have Justin Graham, who has the superpower of being able to speak in a vacuum. Yeah, it's taken me a long time to you know get used to it, especially with the lack of oxygen. Yeah, it's it's really hard to you know actually talk when you can't draw anything yeah, into your but lungs. I've worked on it a lot and hard yeah. work. Yo, yeah. What was the first word that you managed to say? It wasn't a polite one. Oh, it was it wasn't like white gravy or something like that? No, so I th I think that's what I would say. White gravy? Yeah, uh, because I'd probably be really hungry after all that work. Surprisingly, your stomach, you know, feels full when you're in a vacuum. Oh. So you're never really all that hungry. That is not something I knew. I mean, I, I tend to do a lot of cooking under vacuum using the sous vide method, method but never actually eaten in a vacuum. So I, I guess I wouldn't know. And then we have uh, Andrea Shoes, who uh, can integrate while standing on her head. It's a sight to sissy. And finally, uh, Dana McCormick, or uh, McCornack. I Close enough. Okay, uh, who uh, wants to be able to differentiate like a mofo. And can with her calculator. Which is a completely great segue because today we are going to be talking about the calculator. Matter of fact, uh, calculators, it turns out, have been around in mechanical form at the very least since at least before 2400 BCE. Uh, and they were using uh, abaci, uh, very specifically way back in Greek time. Uh, Abacus is a very simple mathematical calculator that I will post a link to at our blog, which is combinationspermutations.blogspot.com. For anybody who hasn't checked it out, please leave comments. We're waiting for people to please leave comments. Uh, so everyone who's with me, other than Chris, who we've talked about, he just tutors, uh, is a teacher or in teaching or uh, learning to become a teacher, something like that. I'm not not too clear because I'm uh, really behind on my research on these people's lives. And so I was just wondering if you could uh, kick in some ideas about how you use calculators in the classroom. 
Uh, we use calculators every single day for graphing and doing simple computations. Uh, using our graphing calculators and other technology that we have, such as SmartView, which is a calculator on the overhead projector, uh, students can see the functions that are going on and they can see the relationships and graphs. That sounded incredibly rehearsed. That was fantastic. And I just told you the topic like five minutes ago. Uh, does anyone see any issue with using calculators in a classroom? I, I know that at the very least when I give uh, when I uh, the final that I'll be giving in the class that I'm teaching, they're only going to be able to use simple calculators, nothing that can do anything beyond, you know, your basic four, uh, you know, your basic four operations on a calculator, which is addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. As a matter of fact, it's only incredibly recently that, um, what, 17th century or so, Napier, I believe, was the one who really started creating a uh, mechanical calculator, the Napier Bones calculator, that was actually able to do multiplication and division. I mean, originally, you could really only do addition and subtraction. And uh, so, I mean, that's all that we're going to actually allow our students to do, even though we're doing a huge amount of factorial work and various things like that in the class. And so anyone else have any, you know, sort of limit that you put on the calculator usage in a classroom? Personally, I don't because I don't teach kids at a high enough level yet where they know what to do. Like I had to, uh, we we're just doing some trig work on basic trig and they pull out their iPhones and they all had sign functions in there. And it amazed me that they even had inverse sign. I said, like, well, I guess you don't need a calculator as long as you're not texting during the test. But and, and that's and that's one of the issues that with uh, I mean all these various different technologies that can work as a calculator these days. I mean, obviously, any computer can work as a calculator. Mm -hmm. I mean, because and at its heart, a calculator is just the most basic computer. I mean, the first few operations that you program that anyone ever programmed in machine language were addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. But I, I mean, if you have, you know, an iPhone or even like the TI-92s with the full QWERTY keyboards, and there, there's some issues that can come up in there, not even necessarily just with texting, but with actually copying down everything that's on an exam. That's how I got through high school. <laughs> the TI-82 and just writing everything from chemistry into the program because our teacher didn't know what I was doing. And I had the whole test on there. Otherwise, Chem 2 was not going to be passed. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. I used the 89 in high school and I found the same thing. I was putting everything into it, but our calculus teacher also taught us how to use it. So she knew what she was getting us into because obviously the AP exam, half calculator, half non-calculator. So you have to be, you have to know how to use both. The problem that I found with it is the kids can't do simple math. Like when I ask them five squared, I keep getting 10 and I'm going, wait a minute, you guys don't even know what a square is. So that's the issue that I see with it is simple math. And I mean, the Nevada high school proficiency exam, they cannot use a calculator on it. So they need to know how to be able to do simple math without the ease of having the calculator next to them. So what is, um, where do you draw the line between like simple math and math that requires a calculator? I mean, what's reasonable to ask? What's reasonable for someone to know how to do without the help of a computer? I say they should be able to set up the formulas, the functions, whatever they do, and try to even work out the entire thing and use the calculator to check. That's kind of how I was raised with it and what we did. But like I said, there's certain things like when you get into the upper levels, like calculus, pre-calc, statistics, even with the 84s that you can use and all that. That stuff I can see using the calculator for, but you need to know the math and you need to know how to set up your problems. If you can't do that, what's the point of having it? Is there Wi-Fi in the classrooms now or is there a trend to want to put wireless uh, in classrooms? 
There is. We just got yelled at today because somebody added a Wi-Fi network and it messed up the security cameras because they didn't tell who they were. Oh, they they managed to put them on the same RF frequency? I don't know. Like, they get mad at everybody. You can't. I don't know. So we haven't gotten to that point yet. We barely have internet. It's kind of rough. Wait till TV goes digital. Then you'll probably pick up your neighbor's webcam or something. No, no, no. There's there's a huge amount of white space out there. I mean, there's the FCC (laughs) just voted recently to open up white space because we've managed to show that no matter what the television companies or the people who are running wireless mics, like there's a huge thing on Broadway about it because, you know, everybody's mics. I mean, you're, you're in a huge theater. Obviously, nobody has that good of a projection. Except for maybe a couple of opera singers. But I mean, in general, if you're dancing as well, because musicals and everything, you need wireless mics. And there's a big talk like, oh, no, if you open up the white space to, you know, communication, free and open communication, because that's the big thing. If they were going to do this, it was going to be open. And there's a huge open consortium that was behind it. And they were talking about, you know, no, this is going to, you know, cross over signals. The wireless mics won't work. Television reception will just die. They did a couple of tests and realized they were just lying their asses off. And that there's a huge amount of open space out there. And so, I mean, it, just moving to digital is not going to cause any effect like that. So they can install Bluetooth on the TI-2010, right? <laughs> oh, there's a there's a new TI series coming out. I just found out about today on the Wikipedia. It's called the Inspire, something like that. They're, they're, out. they're out. We've had several trainings. They're actually absolutely wonderful calculators. You can split a screen, and so you can see tables and functions at the same time. They animate things. They bring things in. They run programs. It is a computer in your hand. Does it make coffee? It does make coffee. It's not great coffee. <laughs> it's working on that function. <laughs> and that's that. Yeah, that's what that's what we need. We just need an just an overall chair that's also a computer that has a flip up screen pops right over our face that gives us just feeds coffee directly into our veins. I want we don't we don't need to actually drink it. I want a TI replicator. <laughs> you know, T Earl Grey hot. Oh, and uh, do this integral for me. <laughs> do you have any experience with the uh, navigator? I have only the experience that I have been taught. Our school actually doesn't have any money for navigators at the point because they're about $600 a hub and you put four calculators into there. In my classroom, I have a set of TI-83s, but they're not compatible with the 83s. They're only compatible with the 84s. So you have an SUV that's a calculator now. Um, Pretty much. The navigator allows you to see what your students are doing. So... As a teacher, you can see, you know, what function your student actually put into their calculator, why they might have missed that problem. And there are math apps teachers, which they teach the kids that haven't passed the proficiency yet, um, that actually uses it with his class. And so he'll, the first thing of the day, the kids can actually, he'll take attendance using it to see if they've signed in. And then he'll say, hey, uh, put your cursor in the first quadrant and of a graph. And that's their starter for the day. So they need to know where the first quadrant is. And then you can pinpoint and find, okay, which student isn't there and why are they not there? Let me play devil's advocate here for a moment (laughs) about calculators and everything. Um, You know, the curriculum of education has changed slightly throughout history. You know, algebra is still algebra. Calculus is still calculus. Yeah, yeah, of course. But they probably add more application problems. Well, and that's, and I mean, that. that's that's one of the joys of working in mathematics. At least one of the things I found. I mean, even on the first episode that we recorded this, we were talking about whether or not math was created or discovered, and uh, it, we came up with absolutely no answer to that question. But you do feel a lot of the time. I mean, the basis of math, the very basic things of math, don't change 
And it's a very nice thing because you know that it, unlike a social science, something like that, you're not going to walk in the next day and find that everything that you've been taught is uh, teaching totting wow that was that was a, that was a bad one uh everything that you've been teaching is wrong and you're not going to find that in math which is which is nice but yeah I mean. well if math hasn't changed a lot over the centuries why is it then that we feel that we need calculators because math students in the past i mean calculators is a relatively new technology that education is using why has there been such a huge change and my thinking is, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, <laughs> Texas Instrument, I'm sorry. I really think it's a push from the company that produces the calculators to generate revenues and all that. Because this is the thing, the equivalent of ca um, a calculator in a math class would be, to me, the equivalent of letting a student use spell checker on a spelling test. Wow. No, uh, to to I, some to some points, I I completely agree. I, it, basic multiplication, basic division, even uh, long division. I mean, some things that actually, I mean, that you can definitely work out in a in a shorter period of time. But I do think one of the main reasons that we've moved to calculators is because, well, one, if you look back prior to you know middle of last century, probably nobody was taught calculus. I mean, unless you were in math. And, and uh, you know, you also weren't doing a huge amount of factorial work, combinations, permutations. I mean, the name of our podcast comes from a large amount of factorials and division. You can do it by hand. And I do believe that you should be able to do it by hand. But once I see, with like when I teach, because I'm teaching finite math, so I'm teaching, uh, you know, probability and in, in that I'm doing a lot of combinations. Once I caught or once I made them do the combinations actually explicitly a few times, I stopped asking them to give me the full number because I want to know that they can do it if forced to, but mostly I just want them to be able to demonstrate that they understand the concept. And for that, you don't actually need a calculator. But at this point, if I'm asking them to, you know, find, you know, uh, I don't know, a hundred choose 15, I'm not having them do that by hand. It's, it's kind of torture in a way and it and from that point i can understand but i can i can see why that happened but everything's becoming more technological and pretty soon uh spelling will probably just drop off the face of the earth because we have spell check and spell check is getting really good it used to be a lot worse than it is now and it's still not perfect if you give it a there it's not going to give you anything it's not going to give you the correct there back most of the time you know, but as an educator, you know, I, you know, I try to keep the numbers simple because I want to teach and test concepts and knowledge. Oh, and yeah. If you keep them simple, there's can... no reason that they need the calculator. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, unless they're studying, say, elementary applied partial differential equations, at which point you're you're probably going to want at least, you know, Maple or MATLAB, which is, I mean, just an extreme one. I also think that we've become very standard happy and... In the past few decades, they're just stuffing more and more and more and more into the curriculum. You know, every year they're adding more standards that we have to cover in every class. And a lot of that stuff we would never reach, you know, with the time that it takes to do some of the calculations without calculators. And just the idea, the idea of standards just bothers me in many ways, especially the fact that you can't actually test them in, in any meaningful way. 
I, I think it's generally agreed that standardized tests are not incredibly good indicators of how people actually work you know, and how good they actually are. Some people just can't take tests. Right. I am a huge advocate of all stu students learning math and I see it as an art and I see it as uh, one of the most interesting topics in our world. But I also see a changing population, which doesn't necessarily need the same math as we needed, even though math itself hasn't changed. Um, one of the biggest purposes we learn math is not because we're going to use it in the real world, but it helps develop our brain. It creates synapses, and it helps us move to cognitive stages so that we can do other kind of thinking um, in, in better ways. We can be more helpful in all of our lives, not just in the math classroom. And while that is still true our students have different needs as time goes on our students need to know how to use the technologies because they may not be doing uh, differential calculus on their calculators but they're going to understand the system in which calculators work so when they take it to the job force they're able to create excel files and word documents and understand the logic behind the computers uh, I that's that's one thing I've always uh, questioned in some way of, uh, especially on some of the like super high level working in, especially in applied mathematics, because you're never, ever going to do any of that by hand, ever. In the, if you're doing research, you're doing it on MATLAB. You're doing it in the real world. You're doing it on MATLAB. You're not, you're never actually going to touch those things. But it's not the basic concepts. I mean, the basic concepts, they have to be grasped if you're if you're going to do the later ones. And instead of, I feel we're kind of groping around a little bit here, and I, I don't want to be called gropey because that would be a, a little bit odd. So I'm going to just dive wholeheartedly into the into the actual history of calculators by, uh, you know, doing some, you know, the Wikipedia stuff as we typically do on this podcast. Uh and so I'm uh, going to talk a little bit about the very beginning. Earliest counting device was uh, just a tally stick. You know, you just had a stick. You just marked it. And, you, and we tended to do things in uh, base five with tallying because of, you know, the correspondence with the human hand. It, it's, it's a lot easier to do work in either base five or base 10 for our brains because we can count them out in our, in our hands, which is, you know, always a very nice thing to do. Um, but and they moved on, as I mentioned, the uh, abacus earlier. There's also, uh, I mean, the term exchequer, which it kind of serves the same, uh, the same role as, say, Ben Bernanke does now as, you know, the head of the Fed. But he was the, what? What? I'm not allowed to toss out Ben Ber Bernanke's name? No, I, I just didn't know he still had a job. <laughs> no, uh, Bernanke's the head of the Fed. He was not, you know, the uh, financial guy for Bush. He's gone. Geithner is there now. Well, he's lucky. <laughs> he's <having> yeah. Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but the the name Exchequer actually came from uh, the the checked cloth that they would put on a table that they would then put things down on as their form of doing higher level counting. Not entirely sure how the check cloth worked, but uh, according to the Wikipedia, they would actually. As an aid for calculating sums of money, a checkered cloth would be placed on a table and markers moved around it according to specific rules. And then um, go on from that. There's some other uh, there's some other ancient Greek uh, calculators that were you know mechanical calculators. But then jumping ahead to the things that are actually fun, 
in the last podcast when we were talking about uh, Leibniz versus Newton, we uh, had a little spinoff of the conversation that was uh, the stepped reckoner versus uh, the difference engine. And the stepped reckoner was Leibniz's uh, mechanical calculator. He never actually finished it. But it was a cog-based mechanical calculator. Uh, but Babbage's difference engine, you can really trace back as being the heart and soul of computers and calculators that we use today. A lot of the ideas that he used are actually used in logic gates, at least around the time of the ENIAC, uh, you know, first digital computer time. And then uh, he never actually finished a difference engine, but uh, per Georg Schitt's some something like that. I have, I have no idea. I'm, I'm horrible at names. He completed a working difference engine in uh, 1853 and it kept on uh, running from there. And then in the early 1900s, there was uh, an explosion of mechanical calculators. Uh, it allowed us to blow shit up more efficiently. And as a lot of technological innovations are uh, in the world, it all comes about blowing shit up. And if with a calculator, you're able to, you know, do uh, uh, artillery. Is that Yes. Yeah, yeah, artillery. That's that's the word I'm looking for. A lot more efficiently, you're able to calculate, you know, the parabolic curves that artillery tends to fire on and, you know, put it right in that trench where those, uh, you know, Kaiser soldiers were working. And then, of course, as uh, most people know, the electronic computer came out as a result of World War II and the work that was done. A lot of the work that was done on code breaking uh, also turned out to be work that was very important in the creation of computers. And around the same time that uh, they were uh, created, the first couple digital calculators were created. But it wasn't actually until the 70s, around the mid-70s actually, that the calculators that we tend to think of, you know, because I'm sure we all have an image of a calculator when we think of one. And uh, imagine for most of us, it's probably a TI-8 something. Uh, but And there, that was about the time that the first pocket calculators came out. And uh, you were talking, your, you said your grandfather had one? Yeah, he worked for some computer company doing defense type stuff, and he actually had one of the first pocket calculators. He was very impressed with my TA-89 when I was in high school. He was very excited about it. And then I, they, they kept on getting improved, and then the graphing calculators finally came out in the mid-80s. And even though we've all been talking about Texas Instruments, they were actually a little bit late to the party. Uh, the first graphing calculators were made was made by Casio. And then it was HP. And I personally am willing to posit that the HP graphing calculators, a thousand times better than any TI that I have ever worked with. Because they uh, allowed the use of uh, reverse Polish notation. Polish notation, yes. But it took a thousand years to learn how to work the thing. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have, if you wanted to add a number to another number, you had to put the first number in a stack and then raise it to the next stack, put another number in the stack, and then add the results together. It also allowed symbolic inputting and when you're doing the high level stuff the reverse polish notation is actually a lot easier fred flintstone could have done rsa cryptography faster with that little woody woodpecker thing than i could oh, do dude, on fuck an hp off, man you, you, and who the hell is doing crypto on a calculator fred flintstone like he's talking the... he's talking to barney and like man i really don't want wilma to be able to listen to this i mean i'm gonna use some public key cryptography on it well, you never know. I mean, if 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 their conversation wants, if they want their conversation to be private, they should have the ability or the right to have a private conversation over the little uh, wire or whatever. I'm, that I'm runs not from I'm house not house. debating whether or not it's a good idea to have private conversation. I'm a privacy advocate. I I support privacy groups. I think that everybody should should have and should use crypto in everything that they do. 
Everything that you have should be encrypted. There's no reason not to. Our computers are now fast enough. Unlike, you know, the original uh, calculator, say the IBM 608, which was the first uh, all transistor, first commercial all transistor calculator, which I imagine you probably put in, you know, a large division problem. You didn't have a fucking banana hammock in your goddamn office. You wouldn't be able to, you know, uh, relax in a good way and, you know, until it's finished. Otherwise, you'd actually have to do other work. Imagine a typical calculation on one of those things just took forever. I was I was talking with an engineer, uh, old engineer from I don't know probably the '60s or '70s, and he said that when they had to do when they had to actually evaluate a um, a definite integral, uh, they would instead have a a computer pr do a printout of the graph of the function, and then they would simply cut out the piece of paper underneath the curve, and then of course they would I guess they knew the density or the the you know the weight per square area of the paper, so they would weigh the paper. And that would that would give them the that would give them the area under the curve. I I, I think that was remarkably um, uh, well. It was engineering. Yeah, engineering. <laughs> but I mean, come on. I mean, who would have thought to to figure out a definite integral? Just cut out the piece of paper that you know represents the well, area that under dude, the curve and wait. Why why the fuck are you asking that question? Who would have thought of it? Obviously, they did. But I mean, it, it just it's just it shocked me. I was very impressed. I was very impressed. I'm not usually impressed by engineers. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, by engineering, I am, but I'm I'm just not usually impressed by. It. Well, as as my uh, my old roommate who was a welder said, all engineers are assholes. Uh, I mean, because he would be talking about walking around because he welded at uh, Manitowoc Cranes, huge crane company, yeah, the largest manufacturer of cranes in the United States, and he's he would be talking about uh you know just walking around and uh he knew what to do he did uh the robotic welding he was in charge of the robots who were welding booms for cranes and he'd be sitting there and an engineer would come up and tell him what are you doing you're doing that wrong and then engineer the engineer would set it up exactly how he wanted it start it and it would not work and then he would blame my roommate because he's an engineer he obviously knows better than the person who actually does any of the work And I'm I'm just I'm just getting blank stares. Apparently, I, uh, ripping on engineers is. I don't have strong feelings about engineers. I guess. Uh, well, you guess I you don't really deal with them. Friends that are engineers. Oh, okay, so. I'm I'm, I'm very sorry. just say, just saying. Are they, are they uh you know mechanical electric? My dad is an engineer. Oh, I'm sure your dad is not an asshole. My brother is an engineer. My wow, my roommates, my roommates. Yeah, I know your roommates are. Crowd. And I know that you don't care if I call them assholes. <laughs> well, actually, one of them claimed that he was last night. See there, there you go. There, some engineers are willing to admit it. Uh, so, I, I mean, just just calculators in general. Somebody else, come on. Um, I have never even uh, touched an HP calculator. Yes. Um. Oh. So <laughs> maybe you could show one to me, and I would have an I, opinion. I have not had an HP calculator in years because they're incredibly hard to find these days. They make really good finance calculators. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like one of the top if you do like finance functions and everything. So HP is really popular with business people. They have special calculators for oh. finance people. Well, you're doing the bashing on Texas Instrument, and for math people, we typically go with Texas Instrument. But uh, who's the company that does all the science equipment? Pasco. Uh, that's not the one I'm thinking. It's it's the one. Uh, you guys don't know what I'm talking about. They 
they like, actually have a version of a handheld computer that can can have little attachments to do weights and stuff like that. Uh, I know my one laptop per child laptop can do that, but mm. wait, you mean it's like a, a physics setup where you set up a, a it's like a, a Radio Shack radio that you put together, but it's a computer. Uh, a calculator and it's it has weights. It's a calculator and it and it's a computer. It's a handheld. Is it computer. internal combustion powered, or I mean, do you have to like pedal it to run it, or I mean, you need to charge battery it. Powered. <laughs> so it has like a rechargeable battery, and then you just plug it in. So I mean, it, it's essentially just a compressed laptop that yeah. has, can do attachments. Yeah. Yep, and then you can just hook it up to your printer, and you can print graphs. You said there were weights attached to. I didn't know if it had like no, 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 a weight, a weight sensing instrument. I thought it was running off of wow. like gravitational potential energy or something. You know, you attach a weight to it and hang it from the ceiling, and then it falls down and turns a pulley, which you know runs an engine that powers the computation. Uh, we're not we're exactly not talking about the difference How'd engine. How do you know? I'm, I still want to build the stepped reckoner. I, oh. I actually last week I was thinking about getting a tattoo uh, that says stepped reckoner. Um, <laughs> it's it's your it's your WWF name or WWE. I'm very sorry, World Wildlife Federation. We don't want to get you know issues with copyright here so yeah it's that your wwe name like and now for the tag team the stepped reckoner and the difference engine <laughs> i don't know D difference engine just doesn't have the the same ring uh, to it. it doesn't have any napier's bones that's that that's a pretty awesome name for like a rap group or something <laughs> that's Yo, bone napier. thugs in a harmony Yo, napier's bones coming through we differentiation like a mofo <laughs> sorry i took your superpower <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to take anyone's superpowers. I, I, do I have any superpowers? Yeah, you're a tutor. Oh, great. And also, remember your your Lufarig now. Uh, you make Jar Jar Binks seem actually funny. And you're an undergraduate who hangs out with grad students. Yep, I don't even know who Lufarigno is, first of all. Jar Jar Lu Binks is CGI, <laughs> and I'm hanging out with you guys. <laughs> so what's my superpower? Well, uh, Lou Ferrigno was the Hulk, man, on the original TV show. Oh, yeah. Okay, I know that guy. I like the yeah. sad walking away music, especially when Stewie has the backpack on and, you know, he turns around and they're playing the... Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, anyway. Too much family guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, Lou Ferrigno was pretty awesome. I mean, he was also, he was, he was a bodybuilder, same time as, like, Arnold was. And they're, they're supposed to be, I think, were they, like, rivals or something like that? Because Lou Ferrigno was American and, and, you know, Arnold was, you know, Austrian. And uh, guess which one became governor of the most populated state? Oh, yeah, that's right. The guy who's not American. So, wait, what, what state does Lou live in? I mean, he still has a shot. Right? Uh... He was the Hulk, man. He's not getting elected to anything. He wasn't the Terminator. Yeah, but I mean, all, okay, he wasn't in uh, he wasn't in Predator either, because everyone in Predator got, got to be a well, governor, except right? except for uh, uh, Weathers, Carl Weathers. Who was that? Uh, the black guy. Yeah, the, the black guy. Oh wow. There was actually a, a skit on Saturday Night Live where he was running for the governor of any state, and his catchphrase was "the black guy from Predator." <laughs> <laughs> because Jesse Ventura was the governor of Minnesota, and yeah. then we got Arnold Schwarzenegger as the governor of California. Well, he's the only one left. So wait, which black guy though? Because there was oh, no, 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 no. He, he was from Rocky. Was, no, no, yeah. he was he was the no. Just saying, was he was Carl Weathers in Rocky? Okay, no, he was he was the uh, short, really built one, not the one with the creepy eyes and the really quiet voice. Man, that guy scared me. Like, I realized he was a good guy, but he just freaked me out when I was watching that movie because he's enormous. Oh, 
says is exactly what. And I just could not deal with anyone being that quiet. He was in Menace to Society. He played uh, a detective. He was quiet in that too. Very scary guy. Maybe maybe he just has a vocal box problem. Maybe we could fix it by uh, letting him talk to you. Um, because obviously if you can speak in vacuum. I'm, I'm not really into training other people right now. It's a You're a teacher. That... That's all you do. But this, uh, there's some money in this. And I'm going to Dude, hold he's out. a movie star. He uh, can pay you. You guys don't even know his name. He's not a big star. Uh, he's not a governor. True. I don't know what he's got going for him. He doesn't speak loud, so apparently he's not going to get too many movies. I, 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 he's a large. I mean, he's a bit player in a huge amount of movies. Like he's been in a huge amount. He's just never the star. So he has money. So that's not a movie star. Well, he's a movie <laughs> bit actor. <laughs> what kind of calculator do you think the Predator had? Because he had some serious hardware on his arm. You know, when the wasn't, he's got that thing with the. Wasn't little... that in his like he saw through his electronics? Yeah, he had that thing, but you know, on his oh, he's probably he in the heads up thing. display. He could just, you know, speak alien gibberish and, you know, get calculations done for him. I mean, he may, he may have just had to think of. Maybe it was a, you know, like a telepathic headset. But I mean, those guys, predators, they had spaceships, right? And they had all this technology to genetically engineer the aliens. So they must have known calculus, which means they had to have teachers to teach their predator and, kids. You know, actually, calculus. it was uh, they used TI eighty nines. Because as was uh, said earlier, it's, uh, the calculator is all just a gigantic conspiracy by Texas Instruments to not only rule the world, it turns out, but to rule the entire universe. I think that's true. I love Texas Instruments. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I use their calculators. They're fantastically made calculators, and they're very intuitive and easy to use. I just hold that they're not as good as they could be. I think that they should allow, you know, other notational systems in them. But could you put Mario and Tetris on your HP? Uh, I'm sure somebody had programmed those. It had a full programming environment in it, the same as the Texas Instruments do. We need the TI phone. The TI phone. Oh, you can get it on your iPod? Or your uh, your iPhone. You can really? get a, there's a TI program. Is it actually made by TI? Or is I, it just a graphing calculator I don't know style what app? Fesser was telling us about. Oh, okay. It. I'm getting an iPhone tomorrow. <laughs> Once I get my paycheck. <laughs> you do realize you're still not allowed to use them on exams. I'm still getting one. Just I mean, show it, at, show it at people. You know, yeah, I mean, because I mean, if you take your iPhone and you just turn on the you turn on the calculator part, and you know, I mean, it looks like a simple calculator, but until you flip it to the side. Use the tiltometer, and then it turns into a scientific calculator, actually. Which, considering I've been using my iPhone for, uh, yeah, I've been using my iPhone now since since last August, and it wasn't until I asked what application that was to one of my students who I saw using it that I just had no idea that it actually did that. And considering that, you know, the in a TI-83, because uh, TI-83 has been out since 96, I want to say, 95, 96, the original TI-83. It originally came with a 6 megahertz processor. And then the TI-83 Plus has a 15 megahertz processor. Ooh, we're actually kind of getting close to the speed of my first computer, to tell the truth at that point. Because I think I originally ran a 20 megahertz uh, computer is the first one I ever used. And, but the, I mean, the iPhone 
uh, it has what I think 400 megahertz, maybe even faster than that. An ARM architecture, if I remember correctly, as far as the um, the processor that's inside of those. And I mean, think about it. There's no reason why we shouldn't just use our phones. I mean, a Motorola Razor has a faster processor and a uh, more memory and space than any TI does. I mean, even the new ones, the Inspire ones, I mean, they've they've radically upped the amount of space and the speed of the calculator itself, but still it's absolutely nothing compared to my iPod. My iPod, it, the only thing it does for me is play music. And it it is faster than my calculator that's doing, I mean, honest functions that, I mean, use a lot of time. I mean, the most time-consuming thing, actually the only thing that a computer ever does is math. I mean, there's nothing else that a computer does. I mean, it's all math. And so this thing is literally created to do math and it's slower than, you know, the little toys that we walk around with. Then I got like a beauty queen girl in my class with four inch nails trying to use her eye touch to do 10 <laughs> sine of 40. And that took her a good half an hour because she can't get the buttons. She's trying a pencil. She's trying some other things. I'm like, she can't get it done. And then I go with my fat fingers and I can't hit the right thing. <laughs> I was like, get a real calculator. I can't help you. I, I had a student the other day who was using the calculator, and they were stuck in a screen. They're like, it's frozen. Where's the Control-Alt-Delete button? <laughs> oh, it, it break. It's what? It second on. Second on will will break a loop. So will a hammer. Second quit will break a loop, <laughs> Second too. quit will as well. Okay. My students just take the batteries out. But, you know, to answer your question, you know, Texas Instrument really don't need to improve because they have a monopoly in the market. Hence why more people should use HP calculators. Just to... Aye, aye. Yeah, I mean, because honestly, we're looking... Texas Instrument is Microsoft. HP... Oh, no, I, I can't... I cannot possibly uh, relate them to Linux because HP is actually a slightly monopolistic company in and of itself and is not incredibly good at supporting open source work they've gotten better over the last little while so i guess they can be mac because mac is incredibly closed so yeah uh in which case don't support either of them uh, i know that there's some plans for open source calculators that you can build yourself from the ground up that do all the graphing functions as well and they run on internal combustion so no they run on a stripped down version of the linux 2.6 kernel i believe but and they're called the stepped reckoner series yeah right? well that's what we're going to call them from now on because I'm thinking of changing the name of the podcast to the Stepped Reckoner at this point. I want R2-D2 as a calculator. And you ask him, you know, do this integral for me, and then he ha he projects an image of Leibniz, and Leibniz tells you the answer, <laughs> walks you through, you know, the integration by parts. You know, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I need your help with this integral. No, help me, Gottfried Wilhelm Leibniz, you're my only hope. But just don't give me that fucking Newton guy. <laughs> Newton rules, he just had problems with the notation. Uh, and, and Mercury. And Mercury, and... We've covered all of this, and other than the fact that he went undercover to stop counterfeiting, I think we found that was his only redeeming characteristic. Right, well, give him a give him a Law and Order series or something. Okay, <laughs> that that I would watch. Law and Order Special series? Newton Unit. Wait, Ti has a series. Numbers. You're right. I totally. They they never that. use calculators in that. It's a fantastic television show, but they don't use calculators. But you can go on the site and get lesson plans for every show. Oh, okay. Do you ever actually teach any of those? Yeah, actually, there's been some good cryptology ones. Do any of the graph theory stuff? 
Um, so they do a lot of social networking on the show, which is all basically they always try to theory. have something they can do a lesson plan with, and then one bit of mathematical history. Oh, okay. like the guy was sitting in the bathtub and said, "Eureka!" Man, this is this is just like a callback show. We've managed to name the Step Reckoner like ten times already, and we actually talked about Archimedes uh, and his naked run. Uh, last last podcast and nathan's because, recreation of it oh uh, yeah yeah of course uh a, a person who's uh, one of uh, the common guests on the show uh, has declared that he really wants to solve something so he can strip off all of his clothes and run around naked shouting eureka do you really need to solve something to do that <laughs> well i i argue that in vegas yeah that <laughs> since we're in vegas nobody would question it i think we saw that on the walk over to the building here <laughs> Well, there, there, there was that that naked crocodile, but uh, usually crocodiles don't wear clothes unless you're Crocodile Dundee. He wears clothes. Or Disney but, crocodile. Or what? A Disney crocodile. Well, yeah, but Disney everything wear clothes. They're scared, so scared of nakedness that they put clothes on animals with fur. Well, they, they're, they're except Wally. Animals. Wally was naked. Who was Wally? Donald Duck lets it hang out. But he has, he has, a, he has a hat, though, and, and a little Did sailor's Did you see the uh, original shirt. Little Mermaid cover? I have that one. No. That one has a... Never mind. No, 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 no. <laughs> just, just go No, on. part of, like, the castle or something is the male genitalia in the original... Oh, there's, there's a the... point that you can uh, stop it at that really looks like somebody's getting a blowjob, I believe. Really? If I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, it's the, the, at the wedding ceremony the, oh, priest, the priest has... The yeah. Boner. Yeah. yeah, that's going on. And then apparently... And in Lion King it says sex in the stars. In the leaves. Oh, in the leaves too? Because it says it in the stars. I've definitely seen the stars one. In the leaves too. Oh wow. I th yeah. I'm buying stock in <laughs> Disney. Well there was there was another part I think also in the Little Mermaid in Ursula's thing where she's like, Take your clothes off or something like that. And they actually oh, say a, it. Aladdin. Aladdin. That's it. Mm -hmm. Aladdin. Wow, I'm I'm learning things about You're my You're behind the eight ball here. Man, about my favorite movies as a child that I really wish I would have known then cuz I think I would have found them even better. Now, did Donald Duck use a calculator in Magic Land or I don't think so. Oh, there but there is Scrooge McDuck. He totally has a calculator. An adding machine, an adding machine. Yeah, the too, adding but... machine. Yeah, the the <laughs> do, 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 do. So oh, what about Floyd type? So I mean, we've talked about numbers. Scrooge McDuck. What about other calculators in like pop culture that show up a lot? I mean, there's obviously the the Christmas uh, Carol, and there's there's always you know an adding machine involved in that because of Scrooge, you know, being the you know. American Tail had the the rat with the little cr or cockroach in his pocket that would count real quick. So like, so so in 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 opposite of you know because usually we uh, will imbue like inanimate objects with uh, you know animate characteristics. So it's actually just the opposite of that. He took an animate object and imbued it with inanimate characteristics. You went really deep on a cockroach reference. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Cockroaches? I mean, they're they're kind of deep in everything. I mean, we can we can't even blow them up with a nuclear bomb at this point. True that. I mean, we'll have Twinkies and cockroaches, and the cockroaches will be so happy. It's like nobody's gonna stop me from eating that Twinkie anymore. Cockroaches <laughs> get a lot of back fat on them; they won't be able to walk around anymore, and that's how they're gonna die. Cockroaches won't die from the nuclear apocalypse. They're gonna die because they overfeed themselves when we're all gone. What about what about Dune? You know, when they in the movie Dune in the book Dune because I haven't seen I haven't read the book, but yeah, I know. Uh, I haven't seen the movie. 
Well, those guys who do the space folding calculation, they're like, all they do is sit there in front of a screen, and they're genetically engineered to just do these calculations so that they can do their, it's like warp drive, but in the Dune universe. Uh, so those guys are calculators, more or less. Oh, okay, yeah. Let uh, me think about on uh, Battlestar, the uh, active, or... Uh, oh, the hybrid. Hybrid. The hybrid. Battlestar Galactica? We're teachers. We have no time to watch TV. And we're women. <laughs> Battlestar has a surprisingly large female audience. Actually, my friend was telling me about the plot, and it sounded like daytime drama, soap opera, like the, yeah, um, yeah, the in, Cylon. In some ways. Cylon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and how she wanted something about her first husband and... You know, he killed her and he married someone else. Oh, oh, yeah. wow. Oh, no, See, no, 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 no. Spoiler alert. No, nobody listened to that. That is way too far into the fourth season to be e talking Everyone's about. a Cylon. Barack Obama is a Cylon. Well, then I have a lot more faith. <laughs> I mean, I, I already had had a lot of faith in, you know, our new president. But knowing that he's a skin job, man, <laughs> that just that just makes my day. Where'd you learn that? Hey, it's in. Uh, is it, is it, it a something? Spoiler. It's it was a spoiler. I oh, oh, it's it's a spoiler. Uh, see, I was just figuring it's something you know that only black people know. You know, it's like hey, it could be a superpower. Well, being a Cylons, obviously, haven't you seen like Cylons recently? They they really like they can just throw people around and and break uh, break the jump drive. Oh, 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 oh yeah, <laughs> just by their with their hands, they can just rip apart a spaceship. That seems like a superpower to me. I mean, that's that's I mean like Hulk style strength. Sure. I I think we've officially lost uh all of our uh all of our uh you know guests here. I'm I'm sure all of our listeners are all like, oh yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I mean. You mean that one listener that you have? No, I want to thank all of our new downloaders because this week we cracked. We went from 500 downloads to over a thousand downloads just in the past week, and I want to thank all of our new listeners i also want to remind everybody you can contact us at combinations and permutations at gmail.com check out our blog at combinations and permutations.blogspot.com and uh on a parting note happy 80th birthday to grand teton national park i hope everybody has a great week well, that's it for another episode of Combinations and Permutations. If you want to get a hold of us, please email us at combinationsandpermutations at gmail.com. Also, check out our blog at combinationsandpermutations.blogspot.com. This episode has been licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Share-Alike license. All the music that you've heard on this podcast is from SP12. If you like what you hear, go check them out at opsound.org. Thank you for listening.